Hey everybody and welcome to Steve's State of Origin Game 1 Preview. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. You guys might have been listening throughout the year to Steve's NRL footy tips. And I want to thank you guys for all your support uh, throughout the season. It wasn't a great year to start a rugby league podcast, but your support's been absolutely unbelievable. And we've really grown out the audience throughout the year. So I want to thank everybody who contributed to that. Um, we are just over 24 hours away from State of Origin Game 1. Um, I did... I would have liked to record this a bit earlier, but I had some family issues that needed to be taken care of. Um, so we're recording it just over 24 hours away from the big game, and we've got a lot to talk about. We've got all the latest news. We're going to get into my predictions uh, for who I, fi- who I think will win the first game of the State of Origin Series for 2020. Um, and really, um, if you look at the tab and all the markets, all the money uh, is going New South Wales way. They're thirty-five, I believe, and... Um, Obviously, their side, they've won two in a row. They're going for a historic third series in a row, which would equal New South Wales' uh, most consecutive series wins in a row. We're free. Of course, Queensland, when they went on that remarkable run with the greatest origin side of all time between 2006 and 2013, won eight series in a row. Um, But New South Wales, on the cusp of their own record, can they get it? We'll discuss that. Um, Before we do so, I've been so hyped for this game. been watching a lot of State of Origins, Throughout the past month, um, this morning it was the end of 1996. Um, throughout the week, I've watched the 1996 series. Um, watching some classic origins throughout the 90s period. Um, it's just unbelievable how much this rivalry um, brings out the best football from both states, no matter when the games are on. Um, obviously, this year it's a little bit different because it's at the end of the season. But usually both the teams... Um, We'll do anything to win, and it's an unbelievable rivalry. One of the best rivalries of all time, and this year we're entering the 40th season of State of Origin. It's my favorite rugby league match of the year. Um, Matches of the year, all three of them. Um, But there's something special about game one, and whoever wins this game really dictates the terms of the series, and whoever wins it usually goes on with the job Um, more often than not. I think it's over 60% of the time uh, that a team wins game one. They go on to win the series. We saw it didn't happen last year. Queensland won game one in 2019. Um, but in 2018, it happened. 2017, um, didn't happen. So only one out of the last three years. But usually, um, the team that wins game one goes on and wins the series. Before we get to my prediction for that game, however, um, because it is the 40th year of State of Origin, I wanted to do something a little bit special. Um, and I was going to name uh, my best, my 30 best players in State of Origin history. That proved to be a very, very difficult task. So what I've done is I've actually made, named my top 17 for both New South Wales and Queensland, and then I'm also going to name the greatest state of origin team of all time combined by the two states. So New South Wales and Queensland players both in that team. Um, so game one, we're going to talk about New South Wales and their best 17. Game two, Queensland's best 17. Game three, the combined side. Um, and this was a very difficult task uh, looking at this New South Wales side. Some notable exclusions, but I'm just going to quickly run through it. And uh, at fullback, um, in Steve's greatest New South Wales side of all time, at fullback, it was actually a very tough decision. Um, Honourable mentions go out to Anthony Minocello and Tim Brasher. Um, All these positions were very um, contentious and very hard to put together a 17. But I'm going to actually go James Tedesco. The current and incumbent fullback who has just been cleared to play game one. He is my greatest New South Wales fullback of all time. Just beating out the likes, as I said, Anthony Minocello, Tim Brasher, Jared Haynes has had some great series, including 2014 
in the fullback role, but I think James Tedesco over the past uh, three or four series has been absolutely dynamic. Um, he's been the best player on the field multiple times, and it all came to a head last year where, with the help of Blake Ferguson, he scored one of the greatest origin tries in history to give New South Wales the series 26-20 to 20 in that game. And um, honestly, he's when you look at his stats, he's only played about 10 or 11 state of origin matches, um, and he's only pretty young, so he could get 20 20 or 30 origins throughout the end of his career. And because he's one of the best players in the game, I don't think there's any doubt that he'll do that. Um, yeah, in fact, this tomorrow night is his 11th origin match. Um, so he's got a great career ahead of him. And as I said, it was tough to leave guys like Minicello, Brasher, and uh, Jared Hayne out. But I thought uh, maybe we should have one of the current generation of Blues out because if they win this series, as I said, they equal their greatest winning streak ever in three in a row. Um, and I think it's important that era gets represented and I can't think of a better person to pick there than James Tedesco um, so he's my fullback on my wings I've got Andrew Eddinghausen uh, ET and Rod Wishart both from the late 80s slash 90s sides um, these two players are absolutely outstanding and um, obviously there's a lot of uh, people to choose from in this position you've got Jared Hayne there you've got Brett Morris you've got Brett Mullins so many good wingers um, throughout the years for New South Wales. Even if you look at the current uh, generation, you've got Josh Adokar, who's had a couple of fantastic Origin series. Um, guys like, you know, there's, pl- there's plenty of them. So um, guys like Eric Gross Sr., another one that comes to mind. But I had to pick ET and I had to pick Rod, Rod Wishart. We'll start with ET. He's played, he played so many Origin matches. One of the most, um, I believe it was 27 overall, um, which is, I think, second or third in the history for New South Wales. Absolutely outstanding, and um, he was always one of their best players. He played so many origins consecutively between 1987 um, and 1996. He didn't play in that Super League series, but overall, absolutely outstanding. He scored seven tries in origin, and was always a threat. Um, one of the Cronulla Sharks' best players ever. He had to get a position, in my opinion. And then Rod Wishart. The Illawarra Steelers uh, former player. Um, he also played for the Dragons in the last year of his career. But uh, this guy could do everything. He had the blistering speed. You'd see him take kick returns. And he'd be making 20 to 30 metres on the floor. It was absolutely outstanding. Uh, great goal kicker as well. He was always handy for New South Wales in that department. Um, he did play 22 origins for five tries and 23 goals. Um, but the amount of... The amount of times that he just helped New South Wales get out of their own end was unbelievable. Um, and that's why he is my second winger. Let's move on to the centers now. Um, another very hard position to pick, just like all these positions. I've gone with the combination of Mick Cronin and Laurie Daly. Um, but again, you've got guys like Josh Morris, Ryan Girdler, who had an absolutely outstanding 2000 series. He was very hard done by to miss out on my side. And, uh, and Brett Kenny, who, you know, always terrorized Queensland. Wally Lewis uh, got shut down and got outplayed a lot of the times against Brett Kenny, even though Wally Lewis might be the greatest state of origin player in history. He struggled when he lined up against Brett Kenny in 5'8", and obviously he played more of his origin career in the centers, but um, it was an unlucky omission. I had to put uh, Mick Cronin ahead of him. If you look at what Mick Cronin did um, in the 70s before state of origin was born, uh you look at when you just had New South Wales versus Queensland, where they played origin, uh, where, the, where they played football, their, their careers. And obviously, New South Wales dominated a lot of that um, because Queensland's players were often playing 
in uh, in Sydney and in the New South Wales competition. So you had like guys like Arthur Beats and, and stuff like, and guys like that that were forced to play for New South Wales. But Mick Trona was absolutely outstanding in those games. And then for the first four or five years of State of Origin, um, also you know absolutely outstanding, great defensive winger, could uh, very strong run of the football, could cause havoc wherever he was. And um, obviously him and Beatson's little bit of a blow up in Origin in the first ever Origin 1980s really set the tone for Origin for 40 years to come. So Mick Crone, in my opinion, definitely deserves that position. I've gone Laurie Daly as the other centre. That pretty much speaks for itself. He's a former New South Wales captain, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, New South Wales captain of all time and um, one of the greatest players to ever lace up the boots and play rugby league, let alone for New South Wales. So I think he definitely deserves his position. Fantastic defender, but... The stuff that he could do with the football, um, he's he was so smart. He could pinpoint an opponent's weakness with his kicking game. Strong run of the football, um, and obviously he deserves his position in this side. So, um, in the halves, I've gone Brad Fittler and Andrew Johns. Those two pretty much speak for themselves. Brad Fittler's the most capped New South Wales Origin player of all time, um, and obviously an inspirational leader for the Blues, one of our best captains. He started his origin career in 1990. It went to his last year of NRL in 2004. Never retired up through his 31 games there. Scored eight tries, kicked two field goals, including one of the one of them in 1996 game three, uh, where New South Wales won 3-0. An inspirational captain, as I said, and um, a fantastic player. He could play at lock, he could play in the centres, he could play at 5-8, um, but an absolutely outstanding player. And... In the conversation for the best New South Wales Blue of all time. And then you've got Andrew Johns, who might be the greatest player in rugby league history. He is, in my opinion. Even if you don't like the bloke, you've got to... And obviously the stuff and his off-field reputation, you've got to respect the man on the football field. He was the man for so many years and uh, just an outstanding player. Some criticism gets put at Andrew Johns' origin career in saying that he played out of position a fair bit. It's because you could play Andrew Johns anywhere. I mean, sometimes his club football... Um, he struggled a little bit because he got injured a lot. But uh, in the 96 series, he played in hooker uh, and rotated that role with Jeff Toovey. Absolutely outstanding series. He was close to the man of the series, if not for Jeff Toovey. He was. Um, in 2000, he came off the bench. But anywhere you put Andrew Johns, you knew you were going to get uh, a huge performance in the biggest game of the year, the biggest series of the year in State of Origin. Andrew Johns is always going to step up. He revolutionized the game in terms of kicking. Um and he just did things that no player, no one had ever seen before. And um, an entertainer, a fantastic player. my One of my favorite players of all time, and in my opinion, the greatest rugby league player of all time, Andrew Johns has got to be in your greatest New South Wales team of all time, which was actually very hard because you look at the halfback position, and man, the amount of people you had to choose from. You had Ricky Stewart, Peter Sterling. Those two are two of the greats of rugby league. Um, then you had guys like... Um, even like Nathan Cleary currently, who knows where he could be in 10 years, but you had a bunch of guys in 5-8 as well, like um, Kenny, as I said, he was in contention. You had Tommy Rodonicus, who was in contention for the halves. Steve Mortimer was another one. Um, but overall, Jeff Toovey, I, I mentioned him earlier as well. Um, but these two guys, Brad Fittley and Andrew Johns, just define what it is to be a blue, and they had to be in the in the team somewhere, and obviously they were always going to be in their key positions in the halves there for me. So, um, moving on to the forward pack, and uh, you've got to go in the front row. I don't think there's any question mark over this. New South Wales have had some great props over the years. Guys like Locker Roach, um, guys like Ian Roberts, guys like Mark Carroll, 
But in my opinion, even guys like David Clemmer and Paul Gallen, but my opinion, you can't go past uh, Glenn Lazarus and Paul Harrigan. These guys played so many Origins consecutively with each other um, as a starting prop star, part of the golden era for New South Wales in the 90s, in the early 90s, and they carried on throughout that decade. And it was a one-two punch. You'd have Glenn Lazarus take the first or second hit up of the set, and then you'd have Paul Harrigan... Uh, Chief just come and, uh, and take the next one. And both of these guys got plenty of attention every time they ran the ball because they were hated by Queensland. But the impact they had in the game was absolutely huge. Paul, Paul Harrigan, an inspirational leader. Glenn Rat- Lazarus, he just knew what it was like to be in a winning culture. He won six premierships in his career with the Broncos. He won two. The Raiders, he won two. Uh, the Broncos, he won three. The Raiders, he won two. The Storm, he won one. Um, but his origin career, he was absolutely outstanding. He... Um, he had a good second phase nature, could always do an offload. And Harrigan and, and Lazarus, two of the toughest guys you've ever seen in a rugby league field. They're always giving it all, their all, and they never back down from anyone. Um, and you need that aggression in origin and uh, controlled aggression like Glenn Lazarus has um, can really do wonders for you um, in a battle like that in the biggest stage of them all. So Lazarus and uh, Lazarus and Chief for Harrigan, they are my props. Hooker position, um, it was really out of two men. Um, Danny Badiris and Better Lives. I've gone Danny Badiris, inspirational leader for New South Wales. He was, of course, a part of their their captain for their three in a row, um, three wins in a row between 2003 to 2005, but an inspirational leader. One of the best hookers I've ever seen in my life. Probably the best besides uh, Cameron Smith. Um, Better Lives might have been a little bit tougher because he played in that tough era, but Danny Badiris, he always was there in support. A fantastic defender. Always did plenty of work and uh, could always get his team on the right foot and he's my hooker for New South Wales. Um, in the second row, I've gone Nathan Highmarsh and Wayne Pearce. And there was plenty of guys that you could choose from. you got guys like Noel Cleal, Brian Fletcher, Ben Kennedy, um, Ray Price, you'd put in the forward pack anywhere. Um, all those kind of guys. Uh, Paul Sirenden is another one. Um, but I've gone the combination of Highmars and Pierce. Highmars, you knew what you're always going to get with him. You're always going to get 40 to 50 tackles. You're always going to try his ass out for 80 minutes. And um, one of the most underrated aspects of his game in his early part of his career was his running game, an absolutely outstanding runner of the football. Um, and really, he was a he's an inspiration, one of my favorite players of all time. And um, you always knew what you were going to get with Highmars. With, uh, with Wayne Pierce. Uh, you had something similar. The work rate that he had in the 80s, for the 1980s, his work rate was huge. He always averaged about 25 to 30 tackles a game and then be up to 130 to 160 metres a match. And he had a great seconds phase football. One of the game's great competitors, Wayne Pierce, and um, I could have picked him at lock, but I've saved that for my next man. In lock, I've got Bradley Clyde, um, who only played, he didn't play that many games for New South Wales due to injuries and due to the... Super League uh, drama in 1997 and 95 that kept him out of that series as well because no Super League players were eligible to play in that State of Origin series. But during his 12 matches, he just showed what he showed in club football. Again, one of the game's great competitors, like Wayne Pierce, never gave up his uh, running of the football. His hit-ups were absolutely outstanding. Um, never knew when to quit. He had a motor that would never end and... Uh, an inspirational leader. He scored many a tries um, in his career for a forward, um, and he's, he was so damaging in attack. But he could he could balance it with his defence, and that's something. 
that have been so critical of Jason Tamalola of in the past is that he's one of if not the most damaging run of the football we've ever seen in rugby league, um, and the meters he makes is absolutely outstanding. But sometimes in defence, he's not quite all there in terms of work rate. Um, he can go missing at times in defence, and Bradley Clyde was one of those guys that could do both. Um, you needed him to take a hit up and make 15 metres. He's the man to call on. But when the going gets tough, Bradley Clyde was always there to make a tackle. And he was absolutely outstanding player. Um, on the bench, I've gone uh, some origin fan, some origin legends. Um, at 14, I've gone Sterling. I've gone Paul Gallen. I've gone Steve Menzies. And I've gone Ben Kennedy. And Peter Sterling, uh, one of the greatest halfbacks to ever play rugby league. His kicking game was absolutely outstanding. Very tough for a small man, which he had to be in the 80s. Um, fantastic defender, especially of those big guys that, that were targeting him in the origin early days of the 1980s. Um, but yeah, he knew he knew when to kick. Um, he's a, He knew when to run the football, and his defense was absolutely outstanding. So Peter Sterling, um, one of the greatest halfbacks of all time. Paul Gallen, you knew what you were going to get from Paul Gallen. He didn't win many origin series, but Gallen, but uh, he always worked tirelessly. Um, his work in the middle of the middle of the field was absolutely outstanding in both attack and defence. So he earned his spot, in my opinion. You've got Steve Mendes, who could play anywhere. He was the ultimate utility. Um, always tried his heart out every single time he uh, laced up a pair of boots. And Ben Kennedy, uh, one of the most underrated second rollers um, from the past thirty years. He was involved in the two thousand Origin series that the Blues absolutely dominated, um, and he deserves his place in the side as well. My 18th, 19th, and 29th I've also named. I've gone Ricky Stewart, Ben Elias, and Ray Price. I've already said all those three players. Um, so unlucky to miss out on the side or inspirational leaders in their own right. Um, but that is my greatest New South Wales side of all time. Our fullback have gone James Tedesco. The wings, Andrew Eddinghausen and Rod Wishart. The centers, Mick Cronin and Laurie Daly. In the halves, Brad Fittler and Andrew Johns. My props are Glenn Lazarus and Paul Harrigan. The hooker is Danny Badiris. In the second row, I've gone Nathan Highmarsh and Wayne Pearce. At lock, I've gone Bradley Clyde. And on the bench, Peter Sterling, Paul Gallen, Steve Menzies, and Ben Kennedy. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I've blabbered on for long enough. Next week, I'm going to be naming my greatest Queensland 17 of all time. And then in two weeks' time, my greatest origin side of all time with the two teams combined. But uh, that's enough of this. Let's get to what you guys have came here for today. And that is my state of origin. Game one preview. Who will win between New South Wales and Queensland? Let's find out. State of Origin 1 between Queensland and New South Wales all kicks off on Wednesday night at 8.10pm from Adelaide Oval. And the Blues side, the new generation of Blues, they've won the last two series 2-1. 2019, it went to a decider uh, where James Tedesco scored the match-winning try in a very memorable finish, 26-20. to uh, They won the first two games of the 2018 series as well. Uh, they're the new generation of New South Wales players, uh, the baby Blues, but they... Uh, the much more experienced side in this contest, very surprisingly, um, due to the COVID uh, interrupted season, State of Origin, of course, it is at the end of the year. A lot of injuries and a lot of players out in Queensland. They're fielding a very inexperienced side. Um, they've got a lot of rookies out there. And this battle uh, is going to be very, very interesting because on paper, um, you look at these guys and it's New South Wales, which are a much superior team. Let's go through the Blues debutants first, the defending champions. Uh, Clint Gustin will make his debut in the centres for New South Wales, with Tom Jurovic being ruled out of the series. Luke Heary makes his debut at 5'8". Uh, and you've got Junior Paulo 
making his debut in the front row on the bench. All guys who have played. So there's three debutants for New South Wales. Let's look at Queensland and we'll show the real difference between these two sides in terms of experience in big match situations. The debutants for Queensland, our fullback, AJ Brimson on the wing. Both the wingers are debutants. Xavier Coates, who's been rumored to be in and out of the team this week, he is 100% going to be lining up tomorrow night. Xavier Coates and Philip Semi. In the centers, you've got Branko Lee, who's making his debut. And then up front, you've got Christian Welsh, who I don't believe has an origin to his name, um, unless I am mistaken, um, which I don't think I am. Uh, Jake Friend's making his debut in the hooker position. You've got Tino, big Tino, uh, Fisamuli, um, in at lock for them. And then on the bench, you've got Lindsay Collins and Jaden Sewer. So a host of debutants for Queensland. Is there a chance that this Queensland side can upset the New South Wales Blues? Um, well, I think we're in for a origin match that is going to be your typical traditional origin in the first 20 minutes. I think both of these teams are going to start strong, um, going to try to make the most of their possession and going to try to force an early error uh, from the opposition. Um, but the more I see this match going, it's going to start off as a grind. If New South Wales skill... Um, can get them the first couple of tries of this match. They could very much run away with this contest. And it's very concerning for New South Wales. They have brought, uh, for Queensland, they have brought in Wayne Bennett um, as their coach this season, obviously, with Kevin Walters being the Brisbane Broncos' new coach in 2021. They brought Mamaninga back, uh, the most successful coach in Origin history, back as an assistant. So a pretty handy assistant. But they've got to get the most of this Queensland side. Um, and some people are reminded of the 1995 uh very inexperienced Queensland side who upset New South Wales and won that series 3-0 host, uh, coached by Paul Vorden. It's a very kind of similar makeup for this Queensland side, but uh, Wayne Bennett and Mao Meninga have got a job ahead of them to really install the belief that they can win this match um, because they're going to be looking... You're going to have guys like AJ Brimson and Coates playing their first matches and looking across to James Tedesco and Josh Adokar and Cleary and Damian Cook, some of the best players in the competition... Their forward pack, damaging in Cordner, Frizzell, Jake Rojevich, so much more experience than Queensland's uh, in their, their back row and Kafusi and Hess and Tino. But this match is going to be decided by how much belief Queensland's got and whether they can stick into the fight. Uh, those Queensland, that Queensland fighting spirit that they love to, to brag about, how much is that going to be in this match? Because if they don't have that, New South Wales can win this match by plenty. And um, I am a New South Wales fan. I don't want to see unbiased, but this could be one of the weakest Queensland sides we've ever seen. And it's unfortunate because Holmes is suspended. Kalen Ponga obviously had to get surgery. They've got a few out Queensland. But um, as I said, it's never say dice. The biggest match of the year, if these young guys step up, they could really surprise New South Wales and get the first game's victory. Um, but... As I said, the tab has a one-way traffic. New South Wales are $1.35 in this one. Queensland are $3.30 currently. And I just don't see a way, if, unless New South Wales completely blow the game, the only thing that can cost the Blues game one in state of origin, in my opinion, is New South Wales themselves. And that's by being complacent and not respecting this Queensland side enough. Because they've got a lot of talent in these young guys. AJ Brimson is a hell of a talent. Branko Lee's coming off a grand final win. Philip Semi's been playing good football at the Titans this year. Tino, obviously another premiership winner for the Storm. 
Um, so they've got talent across the park. Jake Friend is looking to make his impression in Origin. He had a battle with Harry Grant for that jersey, but he gets his opportunity to prove himself after waiting behind Cameron Smith for so many years. So this Queensland side's got plenty to play for. They can shut the haters up by winning game one here, but the only way, in my opinion, that New South Wales lose it is New South Wales disrespecting their opponents, not playing the best that they possibly can because... Um, Make no mistake, New South Wales in this match, they've got a new spine themselves. They've got Luke Heary there, who's never played an Origin match. We know that he can be a liability sometimes in terms of defence, and if he gets uh, you know hit obviously early, and he can obviously have, he has his concussion dramas as well. So New South Wales going to be aware of that. But overall, they've got too much try power over the park for me. I mean, Tedesco, Cleary, and Cook. We've seen how damaging that combination has been over the years. You've got. The Dalian medalist, Jack Wyden, playing out of position in the centres. Clint Gufson, outstanding form in 2020. He was the Eels' best player. He's in the centres. And as I said, the experience of this forward pack, Cordner, Frizzell, Jake Tarojevic, Damian Cook, added to the young guys like Junior Paulo, Payne Husk, Cam Murray. Um, Junior Paulo, his second phase football, could really come into the, the match. So I think this, bat in this match is going to be decided early by the forward pack. Queensland's got plenty to prove. And Joshua Pyle is going to be leading them into battle there in the forwards. Um, but if, if New South Wales can get over the top of them, I expect plenty of points to be scored by the Blues. And I'm actually going to tip the Blues 13-plus in this matchup. I hope I'm not jinxing them, but I reckon the Blues by 16. I just think, as I said, too much firepower throughout the field. Um, I just don't see a way that, that Queensland can beat this side. Don't get me wrong. Queensland will score some points. The new six-again rule... Adds a whole new element to this match in terms of points getting scored. We saw it in the finals uh, this year. There's so many points scored, so many tries scored. But overall, um, I just I expect New South Wales to be far too strong. I think it's off the back of Cleary's kicking game that's improved tremendously in 2020. I think he's going to give guys like Wyden and the Fox and uh, and Tupo, who's got that height advantage, and Clint Gufson way too many. Uh, opportunities out wide. They'll score a lot of points out there. If their forward pack can get over Queensland, they can barge over and score a lot of points that way as well. And then you've got the factor at the back in James Tedesco, and I just expect this New South Wales side to be too strong for Queensland. Um, the key for Queensland, in my opinion, to win this game has to be the halves in Cameron Munster and Cherry Evans. They're two of the most experienced players for Queensland out there. They're going to have to be at their absolute best if Queensland's got any chance. But I expect it to be a 1-0 series heading into Game 2 in Sydney to New South Wales. Um, it's hard to stop New South Wales' momentum over the past couple of years, and I don't see it being stopped here. I've got New South Wales by 16 in this matchup. So New South Wales by 16 is my big prediction for the matchup tomorrow night. Before we exit, remember to check out my next two podcasts in the next two weeks. If you haven't, please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Uh, please like and subscribe at Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, wherever you guys listen to this podcast, please support it. We'll be back bigger than ever in 2021. Before I go, I've got to put a couple first try scorers on. I've got to give you a couple tips for bets. Hopefully, they help you out. Um, if we're looking at my first try scorers at the moment, I think there's a lot of AU um, in the centers for New South Wales. If you go on sports bet right now, Jack Warden currently $14, Clint Gufson currently $17. As I said, they're very experienced down on those edges, Queensland. New South Wales will target it. They'll target it through Cleary's kicking game. I expect uh, that to that to really uh, pay off for New South Wales. And I think Wyden and Gufson 
um, a sneaky bets outside of out on the inside of the Fox and Tupo to to jag the first try. So I like it there. Um, if you're gonna go a Queensland player, I don't think you can go past Dane Gagai. He's scored so many tries at Origin level. He's been the man of the series for Queensland um, before, and I think that his experience in those outside edges at fourteen dollars first try scorer. If Queensland are to score the first try in this matchup. That's an absolute steal. And you know that that Queensland spirit, they'll be fired up to start the game, Queensland. So um, I like Gay Guy as well. So I'm going to go Gay Guy, Widen, Gufson as my first try scorers in this matchup. My man of the match, I'm just looking at the market now. The favorite is James Tedesco at 550. Then he got clear at six bucks. Tedesco obviously was under a little bit of an injury cloud coming into this matchup. Um, but um, I think he'll be playing a, a great match. For me, it's hard to pass, go past Damien Cook at $10. Um, New South Wales win. He serves at a dummy half. He's electrifying. He scored several fantastic origin tries already in his short origin career. I expect him to have another solid matchup uh, tomorrow night, so I think he'll be up there. I also don't mind um, having... I'm just looking at the value here. I don't mind Gufson at $21. I know he's in the centers. But I don't mind him and Jack Wyden, 23. They are my first try scorers. I think they're both in for big games. So I don't mind them either. If you're going to go a Queenslander, even though I didn't tip Queensland, and I think New South Wales will win by 16, 13 plus is my prediction. Um, if you're going to go a Queenslander um, and think they can get up, it's hard to go past Cameron Munster. I think he's going to be at his absolute best if Queenslander got any chance. Cherry Evans, obviously, he's the chief playmaker. But I think Munster's running game is the key for Queensland this matchup. So 11 bucks for Munster. I don't mind it. Um, New South Wales, 13 plus, my prediction, is paying 250 If you like it, have a little bit of money on that. But uh, those are my bets for State of Origin Game 1. Thank you guys for listening as always. Enjoy State of Origin this week. We'll see you next week with my Game 2 prediction. It's going to be crazy having three back-to-back-to-back State of Origin matches. Can't wait for it. I'll see you then. Enjoy State of Origin 1. See you next week.